Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Exert Breakthrough Lab podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, I've got Armando here with me and, and Dr. Stephen Chung. Hey, everyone. And uh, How are you doing? I'm doing really well today. I'm um, looking forward to uh, talking about some of our data fields. Ah, okay. Get the uh, Garmin sound. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll be talking about some Garmin data fields today and, and, and how, mm-hmm. how the Garmin allows us to see some of these uh, calculations that Exert makes online uh, in a mobile platform. But, you know, for those of you who don't have Garmins, don't hang up. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, hang in, stay tuned. All right, you know there's there going to be something I think for everyone, uh, even the non-Garmin uh, users, and you'll get an appreciation for kind of what uh, what the uh, exert stuff can, how it can be used in real time. So hopefully you'll get some good good uh, information for you as well out of this out of this podcast. And a good overview of just uh, all of the different things that are in exert, such as MPA. Uh, the fat carb mm-hmm. utilization, the difficulty score. We'll be going over each of those too. So mm-hmm. again, it'll be if you have any questions or hesitations about what each of those terms mean and what they can be used for, this is also the podcast for you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'm gonna dive right in here. I, I always like just I I like going to the point right away. <laughs> and so uh, I'm. You eat dessert first. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Uh, and so not only do I want to dive in, but uh, we have uh, eight different ConnectIQ mm-hmm. data fields. Um, and so we'll be careful with our terminology today. We're yeah, referring yeah. To, to data fields, uh, not to the Workout Player app, uh, mm-hmm. which we'll, we'll cover in another time. But uh, we'll be referring to those data fields that you can install uh, on the Garmin device. And, and really the first one that, that I want to lead off with is going to be really the flagship, uh, the flagship data field of Exert, and that's the, the MPA power data field. Mm-hmm. And essentially what that's going to allow us to do is to view our, our MPA in real time. Yeah, the, the, uh, when we designed, originally designed that app, it was the first app we worked on. Um, you know, the, 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 one of the things we did with, with the design of the app, we thought, well, you know, people are going to have power on their screen. So you're always going to have power on your screen. And so would you ever have MPA without power? Well, chances you're not, right? You kind of MPA and power are kind of like brother and sister. You know, you want to see what your when you want to see what your power output you have, and you want to see how much power you you you're capable of producing, right? So all those things really go hand in hand. So we put two fields into one. So when you configure this as a data field on your Garmin, the idea is that it's going to take what you have on your display that you typically will will show during your activity. And where you would where you would place power, you you're gonna now change that and show MPA and power. So you'll get both data, both MPA and power on the screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps my favorite feature of that data field is is the amount of information that it displays. Um, not only is it showing me MPA and power, uh, but for those of you that haven't tried it yet or haven't paid close attention, the the power data field itself is actually colored. Uh, and so those colors are corresponding to different power outputs of your fitness signature. Uh, and so working from an easy intensity where the, the power will be in blue, uh, that's indicating that you're riding below LTP. And so for me personally, a lot of those re- easy recovery days, my goal is simply to go out and ride and keep my power in the blue. Um, now, if I were to I- increase the intensity a little bit more, you'll see that blue power data field shift up into a green color 
Uh, and green is indicating we're still mostly aerobic, but we're at that point we're riding between LTP and threshold. Uh, and, and so if I were to continue increasing the power, uh, essentially to threshold, you'll see that data field switch into yellow. Uh, and yellow is gonna be roughly around uh, threshold. Now the last two colors are, are gonna be related to both the power that you're putting out and to MPA. And so if I were to hold, uh, let's say 10 watts above threshold, uh, that data field's gonna stay yellow for a while, but as MPA continues to come down, you'll actually watch it make a transition from that yellow color uh, into an orange. Uh, and the orange is indicating you've got about three minutes left uh, until mm. you're gonna hit fatigue. Uh, and if I were to keep pushing that, that orange is keep, it's gonna get darker and darker and eventually it's gonna turn red. Uh, and, and when the power data field is red, that's telling me, okay, I've got 30 seconds left. If I maintain this power, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the wall in 30 seconds. Um, now, if I'm able to keep pushing past that, uh, my, perhaps my, my favorite part, mm -hmm. you'll get a little gold breakthrough metal. Uh, the Garmin will chime a little song for you. Turns purple. And the power will turn purple. Uh, and and mm -hmm. it's able to really show you that, hey, you were able to, you were able to exceed what your starting fitness signature uh, predicted as far as uh, the power that you're able to generate over that amount. You got of the time. breakthrough. Yeah, you got a breakthrough. Purple is the color of royalty, so you're king or queen for the day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so it's so you're, uh, you know, you're not king of the mountain. You're, you know, you're you're king of your fitness. You know. <laughs> king of the fitness. King I like the, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, something that that we get occasionally on, on mm -hmm. support requests is like, oh hey, I, I I noticed I had the breakthrough on the Garmin. But I uploaded it and I got a fake through. Mm. What gives? So you know the despite our attempts to make you know the algorithms do exactly the same, it's really difficult because they're different platforms. So there's all these kind of limitations that we have on on the Garmin units. For example, we don't uh, look for spikes in your data. So sometimes you know spikes can creep in. The server will will remove them and will clean the data. Whereas on the Garmin, we don't do anything like that. We just take the data raw as it is. So there can be sometimes discrepancies between when you get a breakthrough on the Garmin and not seeing the breakthrough on the system. Um, and so there can be slight differences here and there when, when that can happen. So, so although you'll get the breakthrough um, on the Garmin, um, it, generally speaking, you're going to get a breakthrough on, on the system, but sometimes not. The, the only consolation is if ever you get a breakthrough on the Garmin and you don't get one on the website, what it really means is that you're pretty darn close. So the system's mm -hmm. really got you in between both in terms of understanding where your fitness is. You're, it's, you're pretty much on track. So you really have a great, uh, you'll be confident that the numbers that you're getting out of the system are going to be very, very precise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, so throw a caveat: training using Exert and MPA and kind of achieving breakthroughs is one thing, but racing with it is another. And we'll have podcasts where we talk to Exert users about how they use it in in racing. The wrong way to use kind of MPA in those data fields in a race is going for a breakthrough <laughs> when you shouldn't be when you're racing. You know, you're trying to race and. And I kind of did that to myself as a because I was an idiot. On um, recently, when I went to Cooperstown, upstate New York, and I did this ride slash race with a couple of buddies, and early on the pace was just screaming hot, and I looked down and my MPA was draining, 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 and you know it was starting to get red. 
and then suddenly the pace eased up a little bit. I'm near the kind of back third of it. It's like, well, dang it, you know, I got, um, and you know, I was kind of just drafting, and you know, I should have been just recovering in there, but I'm going like. I'm I'm kind of close to a breakthrough. I might as well go for a breakthrough. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to power up the side of the pack and and go get back up up to the front. And next thing you know, yeah, I got a breakthrough. I got the little ribbon, but I was also off the back after a while because I wasn't recovering when I should be. So so just a caveat, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. use those data fields for training, begin breakthrough, but you know, when you're racing, don't just go aiming for breakthroughs. You aim to do the best that you can. So take it from me. It's not the best way. You always know it's going to be a rough race or a rough club ride when you see that breakthrough in the first five or so minutes of a ride. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're in for a world of hurt there. Well, um, what, what I find annoying is, is if you're doing a climb and you're climbing and climbing and, you know, you're seeing your MPA come down and, you know, you're just, you're, oh, you're just about the crest and you're looking down and, you're seeing your MPA is like 600 or 500. You're like, you're close to that. We'll call fake through territories where the system is going to say, Oh, you're so close. We're going to adjust your signature. And you're like, well, but I just, you know, I'm cresting, uh, you know, and I'm going to, you know, you're just not in a position to really continue to bring the MPA down. Um, and so those kinds of situations can happen where, you know, you're either you're in a race, for example, you don't have an opportunity to kind of get to the breakthrough or, you know, you just have to hold up for whatever reason because you hit a stop sign or what have you. You just can't get, can't finish the breakthrough. Now, you know, we talked about breakthroughs and how to kind of address those in another podcast where you can flag them and things like that. That's pretty normal, but it's actually kind of cool to see this information in front of you. And then, you know, oftentimes you will have an opportunity to say, you know, if I just going to push it a little bit harder here, I can really test myself to see if my, you know, can I, is my fitness really improving? you know so go for it you know push push through look to get, get into the purple look to get that breakthrough come back and say hey you know yes i got my three watt increase in my in my threshold hey that's great it looks like my my fitness is working for me so so definitely that's kind of what it's there to help you achieve yeah mm-hmm. and and going back to a, a little bit to what you had mentioned earlier where mm-hmm. you you got the breakthrough on the garmin and, and the fake through online i think uh, just from my experience with, with using the data fields over the last two years or so, uh, in general, I, I expect to see a breakthrough. I need to push it for at least five or six seconds past when, when the breakthrough is initiated just to really make sure mm-hmm. that I get that breakthrough. A lot of times, if you're just breaking through right when you're at exhaustion, that's a pretty good fitness signature fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned, that, mm-hmm. that, that model is working very robustly and, and just like it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so like day to day, if you are aiming for a breakthrough and using that MPA, yeah, when you hear that chime, you know, that's not your finish line. Try to just gun it <laughs> and keep that effort going for another, you know, five seconds at least. Or, Easier said or than more. done. Easier yeah. said than done. Steven would be so proud of me. I did, uh, I did some Ronestads last week. And I heard the chime of MPA on, I think, the fifth interval of the first set. Uh-huh. I was like, "This is gonna be, a, this is gonna be a world of hurt here." <laughs> uh, the last thing, really, before before we finish up with this little segment, is is I want to talk MPA. Now, it's not necessarily something that is just. A, it's not a mathematical artifact. It actually does represent something physiologically, right, Armando? Well, it, it, I think anybody that's used the app can confirm that. So if you've used the app and, you know, I think that's one of the things if you're, 
if you're starting to, if you're trying to understand how Exert works and you have your questions in terms of, you know, this is MPA thing really, does it really mean anything? If you use the system and we can get a dialed in signature, then you'll experience what that means. It's, it's pretty um, remarkable that while you're riding the bike, you're seeing this number that represents how much power you can produce and that it kind of fluctuates over time and that it's actually very accurate in, in being able to um, predict the actual moments of failure that when you're in the purple, that's at your at your limit and you're going to feel that. And you, despite how much you try, it's really difficult to surpass MPA and and see it and, and really um, uh, hold power above it for a very for an extended period of time. So it really highlights the fact that this is a real thing. It, it really is a limit of your ability to perform. You talk about pushing your limit. Here, MPA is that limit. It is the definitive limit that if you can push past that limit, then yes, that's an, in, an indication that you're actually improving. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the next data field that I find uh, right, right beneath my center console or my center display on my Garmin, I've got MPA power and directly underneath that, uh, I have my focus and strain data field. Mm -hmm. um, and so focus, uh, for those of you that are newer to the system, will eventually get deeper into focus, but uh, the way that I think about focus is not necessarily a, a, a time duration, but it's actually more representative of the intensity of the ride. Mm -hmm. And so what you'll notice with, with focus duration, uh, when you start off a ride, it'll often start blank, uh, or it'll just be a couple dashes. Uh, it won't record a time. Uh, and that's because at that point, the only strain that you've placed in your body is, is low intensity strain. And if that's the case, then uh, your your focus is essentially beyond one hour. Uh, you haven't occurred you haven't incurred uh, any high or peak strain. But what you notice is as you start that ride and as you start riding over threshold, you might notice that a number is going to pop up there. Uh, and kind of the harder and the longer that you ride above threshold, you watch that number uh, drop more. Uh, and so uh, what you might see at the end of kind of a five by five. Uh, VO2 max session is that you'll find a focus value probably close to seven or eight minutes, uh, indicating that that ride was really focused on improving that eight minute power. So that's, you know, and another way to kind of imagine what the focus number is showing you in real time is um, if you think about zones, and so you'll often see, you know, after a ride, you know, you'll, you'll see a chart, whether it's, you won't see it on our system, but you'll see it on other systems where they show you this is how much time you spent in zone one, how much time you spent in zone two and zone three and zone five. And you'll see how much time you spent in all these zones. And, uh, you know, unless you're a coach that really understands this stuff, I think for the majority of people, the response to those charts is, oh, well, that's nice. You know, it's, it's there's nothing, mm -hmm. You know, you're so you spent these times in these zones. So you, you, it's really hard to interpret. You may go, oh, look, I spent a lot of time in zone five. Okay, that's interesting still, but it's really hard to interpret. What does it mean? How does this? What? How do I use this information? So it's just more, you know, like I said, it's more like that's nice information. What our what what Exert is doing is it's saying, well, not just how much time you spent in these zones, but how much work have you performed? against the systems that are used in those zones. So how much strain mm -hmm. have you accumulated in each of those zones? And then rather than giving you kind of a sum total, it says, well, 
if we add all these num numbers up because we have the three dimensions, what does it in the end kind of amount to? And what were you focused on during that ride? So it takes all of that zone data and says, yeah, you were focused on your six minute power. And so we use that in the system now to say, okay, that ride was a six minute power ride and you're training towards becoming a better six minute rider because that's what you're that's what you're focused on so that's ultimately what that number is giving you it's kind of accumulating and putting all those numbers together and interpreting all the work that you perform and what what are you focused on and aggregate at the moment in that activity there that ride you're performing and it'll tell you in real time what that is and that's also going back to the actual software. That's also the best way to set up your athlete type. So if you have previous races and previous years where you know the focus is say six minutes, then as you are peaking and really honing your fitness for that event, that's the athlete type you should be setting yourself up for. So it's uh, it's also a really invaluable tool for figuring out how to really focus your training to use the pun to to uh, really hone in on that yeah um and the other thing that i wanted to to build on with what armando was talking about and uh like you mentioned a lot of software programs will have time and zones which like we mentioned that's great the the other thing that focus is also capturing not only is how much work you perform because we could we could look at how much low work you did we can look at how much high work but what Exert is doing actually second by second while you're performing that work is it's looking at the order in which it's pr pr uh, the, the work is produced. Mm -hmm. And so that's gonna really come out in the second part of the data field, which is strain. Um, and I won't get too much into the strain here, but es essentially strain is, uh, it's a part of the work performed uh, and that the, the closer that work is performed to MPA, the, the greater the amount of strain will be. And so strain is gonna be measured in kilojoules. Um, and we need a way to normalize it because uh, essentially the different weights of different riders means that they're gonna produce different amounts of work uh, naturally. And so there needs to be a way for us to kind of, to normalize this. And, and so the way that we did that is, is by, if, if we set it equal to, okay, let's say you do one hour of riding uh, what would that normalize to? And so we, we set it up in such a way that uh, an hour of riding at threshold with no fatigue is, is 100 XSS, mm -hmm. uh, which is perhaps similar to, to what other, other programs might have out there. But notice how I mentioned that that's riding unfatigued. And so what you'll notice with Exert, um, and we've talked about this in the past, is that it, it's actually possible, it's, it's quite possible for you to generate more than 100 XSS in an hour mm -hmm. just by decreasing that MPA, it's going to increase that amount of strain. Uh, and, and that's really mm -hmm. going to uh, allow us to define how mm -hmm. much work you've performed and normalize it across wow. three people that might have three very different fitness signatures. Right. And that also brings up the, the, um, the notion of difficulty. So that strain value on the focus and strain field can also be modified with uh, or it can be uh, changed to show difficulty. So difficulty um, is actually a really important value to kind of monitor because it gives you a reflection of how much overall strain have you accumulated um, uh, in terms of how it's affecting you. So it's a way to kind of assess how difficult has this ride been up until this point. 
And we colorize the two so that if it's blue, that means it's increasing. And if it's green, it means it's de decreasing. Um, you know, just to give you an idea of numbers. So if it's a fairly intense ride, you know, you can get to 70 or 80. That's a pretty hard ride. Mm -hmm. If you get over 100, you're really working it. That's those are tough rides to get above a hundred. That's my uh, standard. Well, right? well, well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Wait a second. I'll get. I'll get to you in a second. Okay. <laughs> but you know, well, you know, one fifty. You know, that's that's rare territory for a lot of people. You know, getting to one fifty is like super, super. You know, you really, really smashed it. And then on occasion with some individuals that we won't mention who, but some individuals can get you know up to like 200. And to get it to 200, what what 200 really means is that you're you know you're getting to 200 um, XSS, right? So your rate, your average rate over the past kind of while has been 200 or more XSS. So you think about what we were just talking about, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get XSS above 100 and why is that possible? Well, if you're holding threshold and you're riding at threshold under fatigue, right, that's more XSS. If you're doing threshold without fatigue, it's 100. If you're doing threshold under fatigue, it's, you can go above that. So what typically happens when you get these difficulty scores up to 200, what it really means is that you really smashed it and then you hung on for dear life. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you know, Steve's really good at that. A lot of people are capable of that level of, of, of uh, dis discomfort that they can smash it and then they can hold it. And you'll see that on the chart. You'll see an MPA come down and it'll kind of hover. And the lower it hovers, the higher the difficulty. So when you see these difficulty scores above 200, like they're off the charts, generally speaking, difficulty MPA came, came down and they just hung on, you know. And if you using MPA, using that field, you know what that feels like. You bring MPA down to kind of some low number around 400, and you try and hold it there, your body is saying, no, <laughs> I want to stop, you know, stop this, you know, you're, you're, you want to back off. And for the most people, they do. Mm -hmm. You'll see that in the data. The data, MPA comes back up again after a breakthrough, almost always, because it's just so discomforting. Mm -hmm. But for some people, they, they can hold on and they can, they can hang on to that MPA and keep it low and sustain it low for extended period of times. So and when you do that, that's when that difficulty score starts, starts to really go up. Mm -hmm. I, see mm -hmm. that, uh, I see that dark orange and that red on my, <laughs> on my MPA power data field and I know I, I can't do this much longer. Uh, we just need mm -hmm. to reassign everything over like difficulty 160, difficulty mm -hmm. level, uh, Chung. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so uh, focus strain data field, like Armando mentioned, you can configure it actually to show focus and uh, difficulty. A lot of our users like to, to display a difficulty instead of strain. Uh, just like I mentioned, strain isn't normalized yet. So unless you've been around exert a lot and have a feel for how much uh, a strain is for you mm -hmm. as an individual, I, I like using that data field. Um, it's, but it's, it's more of a, it's, frankly, it's more of a remnant of when we did, before we had XSS. Mm -hmm. So we actually had the app out in the store before we have even had XSS developed as a, as, as a numerical value. Yeah, so, so that's why strain exists. So, you know, some people who've been on the system for quite some time are familiar with it and will use it. But I think for the majority of people that are listening and that are just new to the software, they probably haven't seen strain or don't see it very much on the system. And so difficulty is probably a better value to show. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, well, since we do now have XSS, that's uh, that naturally leads into our next data field, uh, mm -hmm. where we actually display the the XSS generated from the ride, mm -hmm. uh, and side by side with that is going to be the the exert equivalent power or XEP. Mm -hmm. um, I, I won't go too de in depth about the XSS as I. I mentioned mm -hmm. uh, a little bit about uh, about strain and, and then how we normalize it to get our XSS. Mm -hmm. um, and really, the the way that I use this data field uh, is a lot of times I'll look at my adaptive training advisor. I'll see, okay, I've got a deficit of 90 XSS today, uh, and so I'll head out the door, and I just know I got to keep my eye on that data field and ride to accumulate those those 90 XSS. But um, on the other side, uh, I'll let Armando get maybe a, a little bit more into the math um, behind XEP and and what what XEP is trying to to demonstrate with us. Well, I, honestly, XEP is is trying. It attempts to take the three dimensions of the power that you're producing and tries to collapse them into one dimension. So it's you know it's it's difficult to actually interpret kind of what's going on physiologically with one number um, and other systems that have done that so there's, there's other you can you, you can look at average power you can look at you know various equi um, uh, what's it called on Strava again they call it um, uh, uh, weighted power weight, right and then yeah. there's normalized and so there's all these different ways and it's it's, it's okay you get some a perspective so you can say okay oh is that 220 you know that's that's hard for me but it doesn't really give you an idea of the relative intensity. So even though we have the same XEP, it's kind of one of those numbers, it's like a number that you might get in terms of understanding how hard you worked. Um, personally, I don't use it very much. Um, I tend to look at the difficulty. You know, difficulty mm -hmm. to me is like, how high did that go? And that's usually tied to what my overall average power or XEP would be. Mm -hmm. So. I find those are num those numbers are, are a little bit more aligned along those way along that way. Mm -hmm. But XCP is is um it's just like it's just an average power which accounts for your fatigue and your fitness signature to, to give you a number that's kind of tries to give you a feel for what the overall um, effective equivalent power would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't typically use it kind of for the entire length of a race. Uh, mm -hmm. Right right now, or the entire length of a ride. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, it, it is affected by those zeros, but it is a number that I'll use uh, when I'm doing something like like four by eight. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll look at kind of the XEP per interval, as that'll give me a good idea. Um, it will allow me to actually pick up some of the subtle differences between uh, if I start out that that eight minute interval too hard versus pacing it pacing it uh, evenly throughout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find I generally use XSS and difficulty score side by side. And I know if I'm doing a kind of fairly standard endurance effort, it's going to be in the 55 kind of DS range. And, you know, it's generally saying about every hour on average, I'm getting about 55 XSS. So I know kind of to... To keep it in that range in terms of it's another way of of gauging the intensity of my ride whereas i know if it is a hard effort you know i i want it generally much more than that and uh, so it, it's another clue to tell you whether you are doing kind of your hard efforts mm -hmm. properly or at the appropriate intensity 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think something that's really important to a lot of athletes when they're both when they're training, just uh, getting ready for an event, or when they're actually in their event is going to be their nutrition. And that's why I think uh, our next data field, which is uh, which is carbs and fat, is perhaps one of our most popular data fields. Uh, I mean, the users just love this this data field. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and essentially what, it, what it's trying to do uh, is it's using your fitness signature and looking at the work that you're performing. Uh, and not only are we giving you kind of the calories that you're burning, but we're actually trying to subdivide where those calories are coming from. So, you know, this is one of the, one of the you know, pieces in, in Exert, actually, where we've tried to tie it to, directly tie it to kind of a physiology. I think all aspects in, in Exert are kind of tied to physiology directly. Um, we, may not, we may not account for them in a lot of our information, but uh, certainly fat and carbs was an attempt to kind of say, well, we kind of know how, um, you know, when the body kind of goes from being kind of aerobic to anaerobic and how that transition starts to burn more, more calories or more, more carb calories. Um, and that we can interpret it. We can infer when that might be happening from your signature. Because somebody who has a large, high-intensity energy, high peak power, for example, generally is going to burn more carbs than somebody who's got a lower high-intensity energy store. So if you're more aerobic, you're going to be more fat-dominated, whereas if you're uh, you know, a sprinter, lots of power, you know, I always say, by definition, you're really good at burning carbs, right? You're burning, you can burn through carbs. That's your talent, in fact, yeah. is how well you can burn those carbs and create lots and lots of power. So you got to think about if that's kind of what's happening, then what we can do is we can then give you an idea based upon your signature, how, how much, with the work that you're performing, how much of that work is being uh, performed by fat, how much is being performed by, by carbohydrates, and then to add those up and show you numbers in grams. So rather than just giving you kilojoules, which is nice, but if we can show you those numbers in grams, then you can, you can act on those. You can say, hey, I've got just burned 70 grams of carbs. Maybe I need to re- look at replenishing those. So that's what the, what, what, the, what the app does. It kind of uses your signature to try and estimate what your fat and f- carb contribution is. Uh, and I think a lot of people are using that. You can use it for nutritional purposes, but it's also another way to kind of gauge your effort because, you know, if, if you've got a long ride ahead of you, if you're on a five or six hour ride, you know, you, you really don't want to see your carbs dropping all that quickly. So mm-hmm. if you're starting to get above, well above your LTP and you're spending a lot of time above your LTP, that's when that transition from fat to carbs is, 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 is most dramatic. So you'll see a dramatic move from fat to carbs as you move past your LTP. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is if you're working hard beyond your LTP, you're not going to last. So mm-hmm. if you're on a long ride and you're seeing, you're, you know, I, I will typically look at how the ratio of my fat and carbs. So I'll see if I, I burn 50 grams of carbs and 50 grams of fat, I go, that's pretty good for me. Like I'm a pretty anaerobic athlete, so I'm going to burn more carbohydrates. If I can keep to that... I'm okay. You know, I can probably mm-hmm. hang on to this longer ride. But if I start to see that, uh, you know, that start to transition and way more carbs, I've burned 200 grams of carbs and only 50 grams of fat, then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I can't, this is not sustainable for me. I'm, yeah. I can't eat it back fast enough to kind of keep me going. So I'll use it for that. I'll use it not just for kind of knowing how many carbs I need to eat, but also what's the relative intensity and how is that going to impact me if I'm going to be out there on a five hour ride? Mm-hmm. Well, keep it in mind, we can only replace approximately 60 to 90 of those grams per hour. So if you burn 200, 
that first hour of the ride, you know, I, I really got to back off here because there's, there's just no way I can eat those calories back. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. So well, that's uh, pro- probably one of our one of our most popular data fields. Um, but what I want to do, uh, I, I wanted to finish up with uh, kind of the, the last of the performance uh, data fields that we have, uh, and that's going to be the the time to exhaustion and the time to recovery app. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for those of you who haven't checked out yet, we actually have a video on this, uh, and so I'll show. Uh, I demonstrate how we can use this data field actually to kind of freestyle a workout. Uh, that that kind of meets what the exert adaptive training advisor is suggesting um, but what the time to exhaustion and time to recovery app is showing us uh, sorry data field is showing us is based on the parameters that you input uh, it's showing you how long you have until you hit exhaustion um, and and exhaustion really means in this case where you can't sustain the defined power in the field so I think the default is 500 watts yeah. is the default value so when you first use it and you use it with the default fields, it assumes that you're going to hold 500 watts until you can't hold 500 watts anymore, which really means, right, when MPA reaches 500, 500. That's what that means. So mm-hmm. if your MPA is below 500, by definition, you can't hit 500 watts any, any longer, mm-hmm. right? You're, you, you're, that's how that how exert works. So... Um, so it's going to give you that number. So say if I hold 500 watts and it's, you know, and it says two minutes, well, well then if I hold 500 watts for two minutes, then at the two minute mark, my MPA is going to be at 500 and I can't hold it any longer. So that's what the number is giving you. It's giving you the time to exhaustion. It's not really the point a, of failure. Point of failure is probably a better at, word than yep. exhaustion. But t, you know, we, we, use, we, we use the word time to exhaustion fairly. If the concept is well understood, but mm-hmm. it's not really exhaustion. It's more... I can't sustain 500 watts, uh, yeah. at least the defined wattage. So you can control that wattage. You can go into the settings and say, uh, you know, I want this to be, you know, 700 watts. I want it to be 300 watts. What you need to be remember though is that that number has to be above your threshold. In fact, mm-hmm. I would argue try and keep it above even your 20-minute power. If it starts to get too close to threshold, then it's it gets really fuzzy. You get all these other you get difficulty score that's going to probably affect you more than your MPA in terms of being able to sustain that power. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to get the influence of difficulty in, in really interpreting the value. So keep it above your 20-minute power, ideally, mm-hmm. and then you'll get a good assessment as far as how long you can sustain that number. And you can use it in training, right? So you can use it in terms of, I just want to hit these intervals. How, how long can I sustain these intervals? Or if you're using it in terms of, you know, I'm in a, you know, I'm going to pull at 450 watts, you know, when I look down, okay, I've got a minute, you know, I'm going to hold it for 30 seconds or what have you. So you can gauge in terms of how long you might be able to sustain a, a given wattage and, and use it in your riding for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that, that data field is good, but you can also get a lot of that exact same information in the MPA field, just with the colors mm-hmm. now that we actually have the uh, colors on there and you can see rather than the weakness or the limits of that TTE field is you have to go in and preset a a wattage whereas with the MPA field you Mm -hmm. see it in real time again if you see it in the in the orange you know you got about three minutes if you see it in the in the red you know you have a lot less and that can be at whatever wattage you are currently riding now so exactly. so uh, yeah i i personally don't 
necessarily really use that. I, uh, I use the MPA power field just to get that really that same knowledge and idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the last comment that I wanted to add on this, because it mm-hmm. is a question that I've got uh, fairly rarely, but I have got it before, is uh, it is possible to have a negative value on, mm-hmm. on that data field, <laughs> and it doesn't mean that you have a breakthrough. So mm-hmm. kind of like Stephen was just mentioning there, uh, you, the MPA power is really going to tell you when you have the breakthrough. Uh, an example where you might see a negative number is if that data field is set to your 500 watt or to MPA equaling 500 watts, but you've pulled MPA below that, it's going to show you a negative value because you're already below that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a breakthrough. So on that, you'll want to default to to the MPA and power data field. And then, you know, the TTR is the same thing. It's a recovery. So it's the inverse is just your number has to be below threshold and it gives you how long how long will it take you to recover uh, at that particular power output? And you know it gets even a little more confusing um, in the app because it, you can do things like uh, how long before I recover to a certain point. So you can define what so the target MPA. So it's a little complicated in terms of what that means and how to set those numbers. But you know, in many ways, it can be really powerful, especially if you're going to be doing interval training. Mm-hmm. So you can set it to say. I want I want to hold 500 watts, but I don't want to go to failure. I just want to go to when my MPA gets down to 800, right? So you will say, okay, I'm going to say 500 watts is my power and my target MPA is 800. So then it'll mm-hmm. turn around and say, well, you don't have two minutes at 500 watts. You only have, you know, 45 seconds, let's mm-hmm. just say. So it'll show you that number. It's like, how long does it take for my MPA to go from where it is down to 800 watts. That's how long it's going to take me if I hold 500 watts. So it's really, it's really a lot of informative information about what's going on, um, and you can use it for for training. Mm-hmm. Um, but like what Steve was saying, you can get a lot of that kind of sort of feel for things mm-hmm. once you start using the MPA app and its colors. You get a you'll get a good sensation for yeah, you know, this is really how long I could sustain 500 watts. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and. So moving on, uh, perhaps one of the most popular uh, data fields in all of Garmin Connect IQ mm-hmm. is actually our What's My FTP app. Um, and it's the only app that we have right now that doesn't require, uh, actually, sorry, one of two mm-hmm. that doesn't require an active subscription to exert. Uh, so would you maybe get into a little bit, uh, a little <laughs> bit of the details behind how that uh, magic data field works? So, you know, what's my FTP was, was really, it's, it's great. You know, uh, Garmin has been fantastic. So they've given us, they've awarded us for that app. They've awarded us actually for um, the workout player, which we're not talking about here, but we, did, we, you know, we won several awards from Garmin for that app. Um, Ray, DC Rainmaker did a whole, a whole uh, post on the what's my FTP app. And, you know, thank you, Ray, for that. It's, it's, it's this unique field that is able to, in a data field, uh, interactively, establish what what it estimates to be your threshold and it doesn't necessarily need to be tested in your typical FTP sense so we call it what's my FTP the reason why it was called that because there's always a question people ask you what's my FTP you know here's my data what's my FTP so we just said okay we'll call it the same and and basically it'll do it on the fly so it starts off at like 100 and there's this little dial that kind of wraps around and then as it wraps around then you see the number starts to go up Right, and it'll start to increase and increase. And the deeper you go, the higher the number goes. You keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. It keeps increasing over time. And eventually, when you reach exhaustion, because I can't go anymore, 
then the number shown will probably be pretty close to to your FTP. It doesn't have to be in one effort. It doesn't have to be in a constant effort. It can be in variable efforts. You can stop at a stop sign. You can take a break. You can go hard. You can go easy. You know, the only real protocol associated with this data field is before you really test it, you should do an all-out sprint, like a three-second sprint. So trying, it uses your peak power, your highest power, as a way to kind of calibrate it. So there's a little bit of that calibration needed initially. So you just sprint as hard as you can for like three seconds. You get to your highest number and then it'll establish and it'll use that to kind of estimate kind of the anaerobic contribution to your efforts and then uses a bunch of math inside to kind of work out um, what your FTP is. And it's, it's pretty cool in the sense that it, 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 it doesn't it doesn't use your standard methods. Like it's mm -hmm. not looking at how long you held, you know, 20 minutes for. Mm -hmm. That's what people think it does. It so you don't have to it doesn't do that. It actually does this So in, I could do it in I could do it in 7 minutes and get it an accurate. You can do you can, you can sprint all out, all out, you know, and, and do it in, you know, technically 2 minutes is possible. So it's 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 a um, it's a unique in that respect. It's not really looking at your average power and using some kind of math that's typically used in these situations. Not doing any of that. It's it's actually looking at your MPA and saying this is what we think your MPA is, and then you beat it, and so it's like oh that's not that wasn't your MPA. This is your new MPA. Let's recalculate. So it's using the math behind the MPA, believe it or not, to kind of establish what your FDP is and give you an estimate. And you know. Check it out. You know, I, the majority of people that use it say it's actually pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. um, if you find it's working for you, and I think it works for, like I said, most people, that's just a nice number to have on screen. You can, you know, you can go for a hard effort, see what your FTP is, um, change position on the bike. Let's say you, you're on a time trial bike, and you say, oh, okay, what's, what's the difference I'm going to have on a time trial bike? Try it mm -hmm. out. See what your FTP is on a time trial bike. Um, what's my FTP after five hours of riding? So you hit the hit the lap button. The lap button will actually reset it, and then again try another hard effort and see how much your FTP has changed after five hours of riding. So, you all these little unique little things. Um, you know, you you're on a group ride and you know you're all riding together and you look down and it says 250. Then you know, okay, you'll need at least 250 a threshold to stay with this group, right? If we're all together. It says it's not it's not saying what my threshold is. It's saying what it is up until that point. So you can then say, well, this group ride, if you can't hold 250 as your threshold, you're probably not going to be able to hang on. So lots of little things you can do with the app. The other mm -hmm. caveat, if you are using a What's My FTP app, as Mondo says, when you hit the lap button, it resets and it doesn't save. It's not like you can go back in the system later and see what that particular lap or interval was. So I know many of us, we get right to that you know, end line or whatever. First thing we do is hit the lap button. And then we forget to look down and it's like, oh, now it's reset back to, you know, a low value, like 150 or whatever. Yeah. So, so make sure you glance down first, check what the FTP is on that data field, and then hit the lap to uh, mm -hmm. reset as necessary. Yeah. Uh, you, you can disable that, by the way. So you can go into the settings and disable the lap, the reset on lap feature, but it's on by default, just so you know. So even if you have the auto, auto lap feature on your watch or on your on your Garmin, you're going to see it reset after those auto laps. So just be aware that if it's not making sense, that could be the reason. Uh, the, the last thing that I want to add here 
the what's my FTP is actually not directly connected to your exert account if you have one. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you might notice that there's a very subtle difference between what the what the data field is showing you and what your online account might show you. Uh, it's just uh, what's my FTP is a slightly slimmed down version uh, of the of the online version. And so don't be surprised if there is uh, at least a little bit of a difference between those values. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, there's a it makes some presumptions in terms of what your relationship is between your your variables, your peak mm -hmm. power, your HIE, and then tries to estimate kind of what your your threshold power would be as a result of that. So it's more of a it's a more of a guess. A, a good guess, educated guess. an educated guess <laughs> of what your threshold is. But yeah, I think we've had a lot of users that tried it out, uh, maybe hadn't thought about trying to exert, but tried it out, really liked it, and and ended up getting hooked on it. So mm -hmm. I think it's been a cool data field. Yep. Um, the the other app that's uh, that's also free uh, is our BioShift Cadence Optimizer, mm -hmm. uh, and this is actually one that that I do use quite a bit, especially during uh, during my interval sessions, uh, and. Uh, essentially, the, the point of this uh, data field is to show you roughly where it expects your cadence should be uh, based on your power output. And so there are some assumptions that go into it, um, being that as you increase the power, it's going to expect you to increase your cadence. Um, and so for an example of that, uh, if I'm noodling along at, let's say, 100 watts, uh, I probably don't want my cadence to be 120 RPM. I would be I would be very wasteful and, and doing so much more work than I'm actually putting into the bike. You look silly too. Yeah, I would look. Yeah, I would look. I always look silly, but uh, <laughs> unless but, you're doing specific cadence drills. No, yeah, and that's, that's different. Yeah. But uh, now, as I were to increase that power, and uh, once I get towards, let's say, threshold or even like 20 watts above threshold, now I'm hopefully going to be at 90, if not 100, 110, 120 RPM. And so it's really looking for, uh, as you increase that power, it's going to expect you to, to be at a higher cadence. And the reason really that I like this data field so much is I have a natural tendency to settle into a predefined cadence, uh, kind of regardless of the power. But what I've found actually by using this is it'll remind me when I'm doing my the middle of my four by eights and I'm suffering, like, hey, if you get your cadence up a little bit, it might... The, the workload might is still going to be the same, but it might feel a little bit easier uh, just by by getting that cadence up, uh, and so that's really one of the one of the powerful features that I get out of these data fields. Yeah, and then there's the what the app does is is it expects a certain relationship between your your power and your cadence, um, and but it's really based upon your freely chosen cadence. So you basically as you shift gears, it looks at how you shift gears and where your, your cadence is relative to your power and says, well, this is really where we see your pattern. And then based, based upon that pattern, then starts to make a recommendation on if you're gonna be pedaling easy, here's the cadence for easy, easy pedaling. And if you're gonna be sprinting, here's the cadence that you would expect for a sprint, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, now the last one, I don't want to get too much into it because I think there's so many cool applications of it. Uh, uh -huh. but I think it does deserve to be mentioned would be our segment hunter. Uh, and uh, the, the segment hunter is essentially, uh, really helpful this time of year. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, uh, end of summer, really, we talked, uh, mm -hmm. We talked actually in previous podcasts about kind of the end of summer being maybe your maintenance mode where you have a lot of fitness, but you can't keep increasing. And so we get a lot of our athletes that are that are downloading the Segment Hunter this time of year and, mm -hmm. and really looking to go nab some KOMs. 
So yeah, so that probably warrants a little bit more discussion, but it's just another one, another one of our data fields that you use and it actually works together with our website to kind of get your, your configured segments into the, um, into the segment hunter. It, it's, it, it doesn't require uh, live segments, so it's not like a live segments thing. It's what's gonna actually uh, show you target power based upon your signature and the execution. So as you execute, it's gonna then show you your power targets um, and adjust them on the fly based upon the fatigue and your ability to execute. So it's, it's fun, it's got a nice little uh, color display um, and we'll likely get more into it in this subsequent podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, lastly, it's not one of our data fields, but it is an application uh, and that is our, our Garmin workout player. Um, mm -hmm. which that one we'll, we'll have to get into that one. There's so many topics here. Uh, we'll have to get into that another time as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I wanted to get into now, now that we've kind of discussed what the data fields are, I was hoping we could kind of cover how, how new users might install these uh, data fields onto their Garmin and, and get them set up. So, um, you know the the, the the fields when they're when they're installed at least the ones that require kind of configuration so the first ones we kind of talked about mpa power focus xss fat and carbs and you know tte ttr those ones use your signature so the way that the way they work is they use a thing called background services on the garmin it's this technical term what it means is that it's going to go and query the server to get your signature because the signature is not on the garmin to start with so it's going to go and fetch the, um, the signature, and unfortunately, the way the Garmin Connect IQ kind of framework works, you, we can't have, we can't just configure them once. Each app has to have its own configuration. So, if you've configured the MPA and Power Data field with your username and password, you go into the settings and do that. You got unfortunately, you got to repeat that process for all of these fields. So it's a bit of a drag. But the good thing is, there's a little bit of work getting these going. But once you have them going, then you don't have to touch them anymore. That's the good thing. So. I know they're a bit of a, uh, you know, can be a little cumbersome at first to kind of mm -hmm. get them set up. Got to go in each one, put in your username and password. Um, but then once you get that pro username and password proper configured, you can then uh, add them to your activity profile. So if you're on like a Garmin with a touchscreen, it's really nice. You can just go to your power field, tap and hold the power field. Uh, it's going to turn black for a sec. Then you'll see all here are the fields you can choose. You scroll down to your Connect IQ. You tap Connect IQ, you pick your MPA and power, done, right? And then next time you, you start your recording, so you have to start the recording. Once you start the recording, then the, the app will actually go and try and fetch your signature. So you'll see it'll do that, you'll see, and then if it fails, you'll see some kind of notification saying check settings or check connection or something like that. That means it didn't work. And the little dot beside um, the uh, the field will stay orange, meaning that it hasn't been updated. If it goes red, it means you got the wrong not you got wrong data in there. So your, so your settings are wrong, or you're not a premium user. For example, it'll, it'll go red. If it stays orange, it's going to keep trying because maybe the connection wasn't there. If you see check settings, check settings means your username and password is either incorrect or hasn't been entered. All right, so check settings. Go check settings, ensure you get your username and password conf uh, correctly configured in there. Um, and then when you do start your recording, you will need your phone handy and connected. So you'll need the phone connected, right? With uh, Garmin Connect Mobile, you hit the start recording, 
then it's going to use the internet connection on your phone to connect to the server to obtain the signature. Once it obtains the signature, then you don't necessarily need your phone anymore. So if you don't want to ride with your phone, then you can pack it away then. But if you want it to update, you will need to have your phone handy to get it to update. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really, that's usually the first thing that I'll do is I'll pull out my phone, uh, start the activity. I'll make sure that everything goes green, that I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I usually tuck my phone away. Uh, I might turn off Bluetooth actually on my Garmin device to help right. save the battery. It it's really just that, it's just that first uh, connection where Essentially, the Garmin is getting your fitness signature that it's using for all those on-the-fly calculations yep. right at the start there. Um, all right. Uh, now, I'm just going to mention uh, really the data fields that I like to use the most while I'm riding. Um, and so I think uh, typically for my ride summary, uh, as far as summarizing how my ride went using Exert, I'll, I'll have MPA and Power on there. It's, it's top top and center on all of my data fields. Mm -hmm. uh, but really the, the data fields that I'm looking at is, are focus and strain, uh, XSS and XEP or difficulty, and then the fat carbs. And that usually, looking at those three data fields usually gives me a pretty good idea of uh, what type of ride it was, if it was aerobic, fat burning, or if it was a high intensity uh, carb burner. And then uh, I'll typically use uh, MPA with, uh, with the cadence optimizer on my lap screens, mm -hmm. uh, especially for some of those hard intervals. Um, what about you, Armando? If you had to uh, oh, no. pick, a, pick, pick a favorite <laughs> child, I don't know if I have necessarily a favorite one. but Yeah. You know, we obviously will I'll probably have all of them at some point on my screen. You know, one of my screens that I have within the activity profile, so we're always, you know, one thing to note on the older 520s, you can only get four. So that's tough. You really got to yeah. know which one of the four, and then you're really struggling to kind of pick and choose which ones you want to have. So uh, hopefully you're not on the 520 and then you're on one of the newer uh, Garmin devices, you can get up to 10. So you can put them pretty much all of them on the screen or on one of the screens anyways. But for me, I'm like you, you know, my first thing on the top of my screen is MPA and power. It's right at the very top. Does That's what I'm kind of watching. If I'm going to look at anything during my ride, I'm going to look at my MPA and power. That's, that's by first and foremost. So I'm going to glance and kind of monitor maybe what my XSS and what my fat and carbs are. So those are probably next. Um, and then I will have dedicated screens for exert for the uh, for the segment hunter. I'll probably have another dedicated screen for what's my FTP, so that I can just sort of you know flip over and have a look at those values as well. So, yeah. So to me, it's like MPA and power, XSS and fat and carbs. So they're really like the key ones. All right. What about uh, you, Stephen? I would again, like uh, everyone said so far, I go with the MPA power on pretty much every screen. Uh, usually the XSS and difficulty score because I like to know when I should be uh, should be sending my texting my ride profile to Armando to taunt him with a difficulty score and then for the longer rides uh, if I know I'm doing those I'll put the put the fat and carb one on just to kind of kind of remind myself to take it easy and to go for the long effort and aerobic effort in those so those are kind of the three main ones and um, yeah sometimes I'll have to what's my FTP on and segment hunter but most of the time I, I just have the MPA power and the XSS and difficulty score on all right well that's awesome thank you guys both uh, I always appreciate these chats all right. Right. anything else that's that uh, you want to add or no appreciate it. that's fun just so, remember you know you don't need to have a Garmin to use the exert system right that's just it's an added bonus think of it that way that you get to have these things in real time but 
certainly all the workouts and all the analysis stuff is available to everyone um, you know you know who doesn't have a Garmin well and the other important thing is you know if you want to see them on other systems you know we're more than happy to uh, to work with those companies but it's uh, start lobbying those other yeah. computer uh, bike computer manufacturers or other systems that you really want to have have exert kind of metrics incorporated into them we you know we talk to those companies all the time but you know we need the users to you know make that demand to build our case also yeah you know the garmin is the only, really the only environment and we're lucky right that yeah. we have the ability to work with garmin build our own apps and create and show our show off our algorithms and our capabilities on their platform so mm -hmm. you know the garmin's been kind of leading the space there they really have the 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 you know in our in, in our case we think it's the best unit out there simply because it can run our it can run our our, our metrics so um you know we're looking forward to having all the other units kind of adopt the same other connect iq platform so that we can develop those apps or you know, work with us, you know, we're happy mm -hmm. to work with them to get our, uh, our metrics onto their, onto their units or, or even onto their software. So whether it's Absolutely. a, uh, yeah, whether MPA it's a, on Zwift. Oh yeah. You know, like that's certainly, uh, just the same way you get value on it, on your ride with, uh, with a Garmin, you could certainly ride with it in, in other environments as well. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both, uh, for, for that sitting down with me today thank and, and thanks everyone for tuning in. We appreciate, uh, uh, and we, we enjoy actually having these discussions and, and sharing some of uh, what we know with you. So, all right. Yeah, now that our garments are all set up, let's go for a ride. All right. All right, we'll see you guys next all time. Right. Bye for now.